Let's go! Welcome into the pod. It is Cato Sports. Tuesday, 4th of April. And one of the songs that I've been singing all week really came to fruition in this round of football. And that is, it's never as good or as bad as it seems. Keep a level head, whether you're a coach, a player, a fan, a part of the media, keep a level head because as great as it seems now, it might not be as good as you actually think it is. Small things can, fo- can falter and really change the course of your season. And then you can have master strokes. Things can come together. Parts of your play can really work together in in ways you didn't think because you played at the right ground or you played against the right opponent or you found something from guys that hadn't shown something and you've really rocket-shipped the trajectory of your your football club into into the 2023 season. I think that's what we've seen. So let's just go through it quickly. Dogs, Hawks, Crows, Suns and Frio, first win of the season. Lions, Port Swans, and Cats lose, and a lot of people did not tip very many this week. If you had it, most of those, which I think most people did, you didn't tip pretty well this week. The Saints are on top for the first time in a long time, and the Cats are searching for answers at the lowly 18th position on the ladder. The Pies who were the absolute dead ringer favourite for the flag, and probably still are, now don't have a ruckman. (laughs) So for the next four to six weeks, we're going to see how a team can perform without really the resemblance of any ruckman with Darcy Cameron, Cox, and their uh, VFL ruckman beg all sidelines for periods of time. And also through through three weeks, the team that traded away Jaeger, O'Meara and Tom Mitchell and we're going to play the kids are the number one ranked clearance team in the competition at the moment. So it just shows you that in a, in a real season that ebbs and flows, don't get too caught up in one round or one matchup or one result because it's just never that. It's never that. It's an accumulation. It's never been a sprint. AFL's never been about one or two weeks of football. It's about building consistency and notching wins over long periods, building a game plan that's going to hold up in, in a preliminary final and a grand final, something that you can take out there against the best teams in the comp and go, try and defend this or try and attack us at your own peril. So... I just think that the, the overreactions of week one and week two were slaughtered by the realities of week three. And just the hope and optimism for many, many teams. And so I'm just going to go through them. So we'll, we'll start with the dogs. I went to the game on Thursday night. I watched it live. It wasn't the best game of football that, that I've ever seen in my life. It was a bit scrappy. I think the dogs really decided they needed to take the shackles off and attack. They, they had to. They had to get the ball in there quick because they've got such good one-on-one players in their forward line that if you can get the ball in quick, you're, giving, you're going to give them a chance. And I think early in the game, they were kicking it in long and Harris Andrews and Stasevich both really did 
take a lot of marks and control the game. And the Dogs weren't able to put on a, a huge score. It was quite a low-scoring game. But they just kept doing it. They kept moving the ball quick. And it, and it was Bont who was really pushing the ball forward. And, and, and you know, the run off the back line of guys like Dale... And, and Daniel was a bit more there than it had been in the previous weeks. And they were able to get that ball forward. Bailey Smith was running lines a little bit more than he had. And, and eventually, at the end of the game, you look at it and go, well, Jamara, Jamara's kicked five and had a great game. And I think for Jamara as well, I mean, after the... I don't want to talk too much about the... The, the whole racism thing, I think it's just an absolute joke. I don't understand how people in 2023 are still not just absolutely loving and respecting and watching the, the pinnacle of sports through through some of these great athletes of, of Aboriginal and Indigenous uh, descent and, and, and not just, you know, basking in, 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 in what they're doing for themselves, for their culture, for their people, for everyone in Australia. It's just... Saddens me that people are going to go on it. And Jamara came out, statement game, five goals. Best thing that could have happened. Norton looked really good in the air. I have major concerns about Norton and his kicking. And, and, and someone needs to go down to the dogs and help him through because he leans back on his kicks. He doesn't kick through the ball as well. And you can't be a key forward in the AFL and not be able to take your chances. One of the one of the key problems that, you know, a team like Frio's had is they could move the ball like anyone, but they haven't taken their chances. They kick a lot of behinds. And it's frustrating for everyone in the team. So the dogs, they moved it forward. They got more chances than Brisbane did. The Lions, I don't think they have a dysfunctional forward line, but they have a very unique forward line that seems to not come together away from the Gabba. That this idea of having, you know, Charlie Cameron, who's a small, and then Zach Bailey, who's a small, and then Joe Danaher, who plays kind of like a small, and Hipwood, who kind of plays like a small too. You know, and, and your best, you got Zorko, who kind of comes through, and Lincoln McCarthy's a small, and you go, geez, you don't really have a presence but you still kind of play like, you know, you're kicking it in long and you want the ball to hit the ground and you want to swing through and pick it up. And uh, it's just a weird forward line. It doesn't mix very well a lot of the time. When it's on, it's on. It's, a, it's an absolute showcase, but it just doesn't mix very well. So, you know, Brisbane have got a lot of work to do. And I think they've got a lot of work to do because they've got a lot of really good players. It's just not... I don't know. If, I think it must be a game plan. It must be a spacing thing. They've got a lot of work to do. So we'll see how Brisbane go in the next few weeks. But dog tick first win wasn't very pretty, but they kept pushing it forward and they kept giving their forwards opportunities. And they've got a bit of a taller forward line. And the best thing that tall forward lines need is an open forward line with the ball moving in quickly. That's when you're going to succeed. Second winner of the week was the Hawks. Smashed all week. Everyone said they were tanking. Everyone said they were the worst team in the league. And and probably rightly so. They'd had two pretty terrible performances the two prior weeks. But like I think 
you know, I was saying in my previous podcast, I think it was more of a synergy thing between the mids and the forwards. And it was, how are we going, how are the Hawks going to get the ball from the midfield to the forward line effectively? And Mitchell changed that during the week, and we saw it on the weekend. There was no bombing long. He got rid of the full forward in Kaczynski. He said, we're not going to bomb the ball in. We're going to kick it short to a 55 to 60 meter out guy, and then we're going to hit up someone who's just going to have a short lead inside 50, and we're going to give ourselves a shot from 30 to 40 meters out, 20 to 30 meters out, and that's going to be our, that's going to be our MO. And it worked. North kept dropping back into the hole early in the game, especially in the second quarter, going, oh, you know, they're coming at us, and Hawthorne would just hit up the, smaller, the, the shorter guy. And, and, it, and it really did work. And... You know, I don't. I think the same theme for me that it's never as good as good as or as bad as it seems is going to be really coming to fruition as Hawthorne plays Geelong next week, and the Cats get a reprieve because you know instead of coming out against this juggernaut, they're coming out against a team that's really learning game to game how they're going to play together. And Hawthorne had a good win this week, but next week it could you know there could definitely be some regression there and I think the Cats are gonna you know they've got a really good opportunity to get on the board with their first win of the season there so again for Hawthorne supporters a really good performance by the boys everyone should be really happy they really dominated they had 11 of the top 12 uh, possession plays on the ground so they really dominated control of the ball and they used it pretty well so tick to the Hawks I think North Melbourne they get a pass because they've had two good games to start the season Luke Davies Uniac was out three minutes to go in the game and Jai Simkin was out with a with a suspension. So you really look at it and go, geez, they didn't have anyone in the midfield other than other than Cunnington, who was really good. So uh North Melbourne on to the next one. Hawthorne, big game, Easter Monday, uh against the Cats. The Crows in the showdown. I have spoken to a friend for for all preseason. And he's and he and I, he's a big Crow supporter, and he has said to me, this is the most dangerous forward line in the league. If we can get the ball forward with a little bit of speed, this is the most dangerous forward line in the league, and everyone is going to feel it at some point this season. And I sat there and I looked at it, and on paper, you go, okay, but we, we want to see it in practice, and the showdown was really the coming of age of this forward line, the, the real showcase of we are here to, we're here to play. They're young, just a monster of a full forward in Riley Philthorpe goes forward and kicks five goals. Tex floating around, beautiful kick on all game. Isaac Rankin, who many said was... A wasted talent at Gold Coast. Many said he was probably someone that might have been drafted high and, and never really come to fruition as a football player. Just looks so at home. He just looks electric. He, him and Adelaide Oval deserve each other. He, you know, the Crows had Eddie Betts for so many years just doing all this crazy stuff at Adelaide Oval. And I think... Eddie Betts leaving and ranking kind of filling that Eddie Betts role of just being someone that can light a game on fire in, in 15 minutes, a guy that can pull a goal from nothing. They deserve each other, you know? So I, I, 
I think Rankin is just absolutely up there. I love Darcy Fogarty and, and his hands. I think Lockie Gallant is someone that no one's talking about, but he's a really good mark of the footy. He makes a really good presence up there. And, and Rochelle is and will be one of the best players in the competition very quickly because he's a great ball user. He's as hard as nails and he knows where the goals are. You know, he's kind of he's kind of Zach Bailey, but he can play a bit more midfield time. And I'm I'm really excited for where the Crows are going. They've just they're just so dangerous when the ball gets in there. Their pressure has really notched up. They've put pressure on every team they've played this season so far. They it was just that they 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 let up a little bit against against the uh, Giants and, and got rolled late. They let up. They just didn't get into the game early against Richmond, but then they came hard. I think this was a really good four-quarter performance where they really just stayed with Port Adelaide the whole way. And everyone's probably seen the footage of Juan Francis not running hard, but it, it wasn't just Juan Francis. It was a lot of Port Adelaide who just kind of gave up in the last quarter or, or in the second half. They just didn't run that that extra little bit defensively to make sure you you lay the tackle. And I think that sometimes happens when you've got a midfield where you switch from, you know, a, a, an older group of Boak and, and Wines and, and these types of guys and you switch and go, no, 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 we're going to have Butters and Dersmer and, and Willem Drew and Jason Horn francis and Connor Rose be the, the key midfield pieces is that, those guys, you know, they, they want to put pressure on the scoreboard by bouncing forward and being the guy that kicks the goal. But sometimes you get that lag where they just don't run back defensively and they're not, you know, thinking, oh, crap, I've got to, I've got to run 50 metres to cover this guy because if he just rolls down there and, and no one's on him, he's going to kick the easiest of goals, which is what we saw with the Rochelle one. So Port have got a lot of things to work on at training. They've got the talent just like Brisbane do. Just need to get... A, a little bit more, you know, it's urgent about them because these things do get urgent. And, you know, Ken Hinckley's job's on the line right now. They need to win a lot of games for Ken Hinckley to keep his job. And for their football club, who's had a lot of talent and had a lot of good players over the last five to ten years to surge up and, 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 and perform when it, when it matters in the finals and, and later on in the year. The Swans take a loss. And again, this, you know, it's never as good or as bad as it seems. The Swans had two pretty easy kills the first two weeks. They didn't get out of first gear. They didn't know what it was to play against a team that was really going to put a lot of pressure on them for four quarters. And they got jumped at the start of the game and Melbourne were out. And they clawed themselves back a little bit and it became a bit closer. And then Melbourne went, okay, gear two, bang, and just slaughtered them later in the game, in, in the last quarter. And I think that's kind of where Sydney had been caught out. They hadn't had a tougher opponent. They hadn't, you know, Melbourne had seen a, a really strong uh, Brisbane team at home the week before uh, and known what it would take to really kick it into gear in the last quarter and they put up a fight at the end of the uh, Lightgate game. So it was interesting that Sydney just couldn't get out of first gear and they've got a a lot to work on. They're sitting in a good position. They're two and one, and they've been smacked by a good team. That's that's a, a good learning lesson. Two wins on the board. Sydney will come out of that really well. 
I really like these young guys that Melbourne have got coming through as well. I think it's it's pretty cool. Last year they started, you know, bringing in guys like Bowie, and now Chandler's coming in, and Van Ruin looked really good, or Ryan looked really good on the weekend. I think Melbourne, you know, with every downside and, and, and Gorn goes down, it just gives another opportunity to get a young guy into your team and give him, give him, you know, four weeks or give him five weeks to really show himself as a football player, and and then. You never know what happens from there. You get guys bursting out and becoming crucial parts of your team because, oh, this guy was out and, and we've been able to give these guys opportunities. So Melbourne have got a really good thing going on. They've been able to play young kids. Clayton Oliver's just going berserk as he always does. But uh, yeah, you know, when you've got guys like Clayton and Petrarca who are leading and, 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 and making the team look good and then it just, you know, it eases in these, these other guys like Chandler and, and uh, Van Royen. Now, the Cats also lose. This one is a little bit different to maybe the other performances because week one, the Cats are up by 25 points against the Pies. I think in the third quarter, Jeremy Cameron takes a knock to the ribs. They had it, already had a couple of injuries. And sorry, sorry. Jeremy Cameron took a knock to the ribs the week before, uh, the week after. Jeremy Cameron, uh, sorry, the, the, the Cats got a lot of injuries in that, in that first game against Collingwood. They didn't have enough bodies on the field. Collingwood overrun them. The next week, the Cats have a couple more injuries. Jeremy Cameron takes a hit to the ribs, even though he's playing one of the best games of football. The, the, they aren't able to come back, and, and Carlton take the win. So two weeks in a row, there's a few injuries. Cats don't get the chocolates. Everyone gives them a pass. Then they come up against Gold Coast and they're flat. They're absolutely flat. And they let a team that's a little bit hungrier than them, that wants a little bit more, they've got a little bit more to play for, come out and just really put it to them. Lacocious has a great game. Wits has 15 taps to advantage and has a great game. Miller absolutely puts his body on the line. Rowley puts his body on the line for the team. And, and at the end of the day, the Suns just wanted it a bit more. And you look at the Cats and go, geez, their midfield wasn't great. Hawkins looked slow. Stengel had no impact. You know, Cameron's got stuff going on in his life. He's got, he's a bit injured. He's got a baby. It's, you know, it's just not, they're just not there. They're not there mentally for the fight at the moment. And that, like I said, it can change. They get the Hawks this week. The Hawks are a bit of a rabble of a team. They can put it together, but they're a bit of a rabble of a team. I think the Cats can, can really get their season going this week. And I looked at their, their schedule, and they've got winnable games coming up. I think they've got West Coast, who had about 500 injuries. They didn't even have a bench for the second half uh, the week after the Hawks. They've got, I think, Adelaide and Essendon also in their next month. So Geelong can start their season. It's not over. I'm not riding them off because they've got some easier opponents. But, geez, it's a big game against the Hawks this week because they're coming off a high... 
and the Cats are looking a little slow, and we know that these Easter Monday games are close. Hawthorne beat Geelong last year on Easter Monday. It's always been tight between these two teams ever since, you know, the 2008 Grand Final. So it's going to be a really tough game, and Geelong... They've got an opportunity to go out there and show who they are and win the game. So, you know, I hope, I hope they put their best foot forward, but it's going to be tough. And then we go to the Pies, the top team in the league, the team that have had all the pressure, the team that have done everything, the team that has Dacos and Pendles and Dugowie and they're going nuts and Majacek's kicking a 1,000 goals and Darcy Moore hasn't had to do anything for, for three weeks because, you know, he, the ball hasn't been in the back line. Well, now he, here is their first challenge. They traded Grundy because they said, you know what, we can get some stuff for him. We'll take him. We want Darcy Cameron and, and we'll go with him and Cox. Begg's injured. Cox is injured. Cameron's injured. Now they don't have a ruck. And now, and now they've got their coach screaming at people saying, we need a mid-season draft and we need the mid-season draft now and we, you know, because they need players. They need a ruckman. And how they respond to this and what options they go with. I had a I had a friend of mine, a Collingwood supporter friend of mine, said they, they should throw more into the ruck and they should throw McStay back to full back. Which I think, you know, in a grand final or a semi-final or a prelim final is a great idea. But in, in round three, are you going to risk Darcy Moore in the ruck for six weeks in round three? I mean, he's such a pivotal part of your team and such a massive cog down back. Can you, can you just lose him for, for, you know, or give him the option of, of probably getting injured uh, it, this early on in the season? I don't think you can do that. You might just have to run with McStay. So it's going to be really interesting how the Pies going to work their way through this challenge. And, you know, I love when people come out of the games. I go to the G and people go to the games and, and you go, oh, the Pies are going to win the flag. It's the best because we want emotion in the game. But it's always, you know, there's always these realities that come through and go, geez, it is going to be a bit tougher than we think because we're not going to have a, a key ruckman. And you go to the, the next winner on the list, which is, which is Freo, and go, well, last week, Darcy, uh, Sean Darcy had one of the worst performances of his career. He absolutely was terrible against North Melbourne. He got tailed up. He didn't have a touch in the first half. He'd given away a couple of free kicks and North jumped him early and, and the game was, you know, really, not it wasn't put away, but it was North had had enough, enough of a start to be able to put enough pressure on, on Freire that they couldn't come back. And Sean Darcy was a big part of that because he just didn't get into the game. A week later, Sean Darcy, Sean Darcy against West Coast yesterday has 52 taps. He has 18 taps to advantage. He kicks a goal and has 20 touches. He kicked a goal too. He could have had three goals. So you just see the impact that a good ruckman in a good game can have. And we've seen that what Darcy Cameron's put up this season, and he's been arguably the best ruckman in the league. So it is just a reminder that it's it's not going to be easy for you. It, it never is. And, and round two is not the time to be throwing out crazy statements at teams because it, sometimes it comes together for you early, sometimes it doesn't. And it, it's a marathon, not a sprint. 
And I think the media way overreacted early on in the season and said, you know, oh, there's all these things, you know, about each team and, and really, I don't know. I, I, I think it was just too reactionary of response on a lot of different topics. And then after three rounds now, everyone's looking really even. Now the best team in the league's last. And the Saints, let's talk about the Saints because it is important that we talk about the Saints. Their list hasn't changed very much. Their personnel's pretty similar. It's, the, it's similar guys running the club. They brought in old heads, St Kilda heads, Goddard and Hayes, Ross the boss is back. It's the same type of guys. But the mentality is different. The pressure that St Kilda's putting on this year is different. They are defending the ground with their life. They are laying an absurd amount of tackles. They are winning the ball and they are bursting past past teams. Brad Hill is tearing up and down the ground. Mason Wood, who I think at the start of his career looked like he was going to be an absolute star, but then just fell into the abyss of nothingness for a few years there, is now looking like the star that we all thought. It's a return of the king. I mean, he's, he's, he's just looking unbelievable. And they're moving the ball inside 50, and everyone is hungry for a goal. They want him like you wouldn't believe. And there's belief at St Kilda now. And now you can go, geez, we can put, if we can put that much pressure on teams, and we can take the ball away from them, and we can get the ball in quickly, we've got options down there. So... I just am, I'm, I'm really excited. I loved the round. Uh, I just thought it was an, an, an excellent reality check for everyone in the league, every fan, every media personality. Just off, off football for, for one second, the Masters is starting on, on Friday morning here in Australia, Thursday in the US. It is the best event. It is literally the best event of the year to watch on TV in the mornings. And it's going to be Easter weekend here in Australia. Everyone's going to have time off. So if you're getting up a little bit early, you know, your body clock's set, maybe you're up at the ranch with your family, hanging out, put on the Masters because it is just ridiculous. That's the end of the show for today. Nice long one. Love the round of footy. And I will see you guys next week.